count of three, name your favorite dinosaur. Don't even think about it. Just name it. Ready? One, two, three. Velociraptor. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. It's time for another episode of the Wooten and Why Show. Week one, in the books. In the books. Oh yeah. We're underway. Sandwiched between two hurricanes. Yep. What a way to start the year. Yeah. Not enough football. Not. Just one game short. One game, yeah, it felt like just an incomplete week of football, yeah. really. Just needed that extra game. Yeah. But, oh well. Yeah. A lot happened, Josh. Mate, a lot happened, mm. but in case you missed it. Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots, starring Kareem Hunt, Alex Smith, Mike Gillisley, and Devin McCourty. In a bizarre plot twist, Andrew Walter Reed outperformed the great Sith Lord William Stephen Belichick with pure tomfoolery. Short yard specialist Alex Smith surprisingly launched deep bombs to Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt all game while his opponent struggled to do the same. Chiefs win 42-27. Score, 72%. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, starring LaShawn McCoy. Tredavious White, Tyrod Taylor, and Leonard Williams. A matchup put together on the lowest budget possible. Strong performances from veteran running back LaShawn McCoy and Tyrod Taylor weren't enough to lift this game above the lowest expectations of any game in recent memory. Fun fact, the winner of this game currently sits atop the AFC East. Bills win 21-12, score 26%. Pittsburgh Steelers at Cleveland Browns, starring TJ Watt, Antonio Brown, Deshaun Kaiser, and Corey Coleman. A young pass rusher emerges from the shadow of his brother without, with an outstanding debut as Pittsburgh joined Houston in turning down for what? Deshaun Kaiser looks to be the saviour for Cleveland football fans who have suffered through a 20-year drought. Shut enough to many to think that he'll be the last name on that shop front jersey. Cleveland Browns lose to Pittsburgh 21-18. Rewatchability score, 50%. Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Houston to play the Texans. Starring Calais Campbell. Leonard Fournette, Yannick Nkogwe, <laughs> Nkogwe, Zach Cunningham. A full house at NRG was there to witness their team show anything but NRG. Hurricane Harvey had left the state of Texas in utter despair, and with JJ Watt's recent fundraising efforts reaching the tune of $20 million, it seemed like the only way was up. Wrong. Mr. O'Brien carried on with his annual tradition of benching his starting quarterback week one, and while there is a sense of optimism with rookie Deshaun Watson coming into the fold, Watson did nothing of note to warrant watching his first efforts in the NFL. Jaguars win, 29-7, score, 45%. Arizona Cardinals at Detroit Lions, starring Quandre Diggs, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Golladay, and Hassan Reddick. Jim Caldwell cracked a rare smile as he enjoyed his first ever stay at the Golladay Inn. The man they have nicknamed Babytron stole the show as he hauled a couple of touchdown grabs. On the other side of the field, fantasy owners clenched their fists. 
looks at the sky and screams, why oh why, as David Johnson's wrist capitulates. Surely he can just hold the ball with the other hand, they ask. No, no he can't. Carson Palmer's window slams shut. Detroit Lions win 35-23, score 53%. Atlanta Falcons at the Chicago Bears, starring Austin Hooper, Alex Mack, Tariq Cohen, and Akeem Hicks. In their first outing since losing Super Bowl 51 to the greatest Super Bowl comeback of all time, the Dirty Birds look to put the notion their prolific offense was not a result of Kyle Shanahan's beautiful mind, but rather a mixture of a a well-rounded offense and a coming-of-age Matty Ice. Whether they took the Glennon-led Bears too lightly or 2016 was just a Shanahanistic season, there were definitely signs of regression. One thing's for sure, Tariq Cohen, the Bears' secret weapon, the human joystick, ain't a secret no more. Take a bow, son. Falcons win, 23-17, score 52%. Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati Bengals, starring Brandon Williams, Terrell Suggs, CJ Mosley and Michael Pierce. Five turnstiles masquerading as an offensive line were deep pants in just about every play by a Ravens defensive front led by Facebook sensation Terrell Suggs. The red rifle failed to fire under constant duress. The woodhead didn't last long and blew it early, stretched it off with a hamstring injury. No wacko on Flacco as his back holds up. Ravens win 20-0, score 47%. Oakland Raiders at Tennessee Titans, starring the one and only Tony Romo, Khalil Mack, Eddie Vanderdaz, and Delaney Walker. A predictable debut performance by Tony Romo only helped what was one of the better spectacles in Week 1. A loaded car showed no signs of slowing down in his first game back in the NFL since his season-ending Injury in 2016, a refurbished beast mode was also a sight for sore eyes and left Jarrell Casey with far more than just sore eyes to think about. The Titans brought a lot of off-season hype with them coming into 2017, and despite their loss, Marcus Mariota's Merry Men remain a promising-looking outfit. Raiders win 26-16, rewatchability score 62%. Colts at Rams, starring Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, LaMarcus Joyner, and Chuck Pagano. One girly and one cup was enough for the Rams to take down the Colts in comprehensive fashion. The teenage head coach of the Rams showed you shouldn't scoff at Goff as he took an axe to the Colts. Speaking of axes, Chuck Pagano will be giving it shortly. He'll enjoy it, though. He's a big fan of chopping wood. The Colts left Jim Irsay faced in L.A. Rams win 46-9. Rewatchability score, 39%. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Washington to play the Redskins, starring Fletcher Cox, Nelson Aguilar, well, Carson Wentz and Chris Thompson. They came, they went, they scored. The redhead-led Eagles got off to another flying start to begin the season. But will it be a repeat of last year, where the hot ginger flame was put out early? To make matters worse, the disjointed Redskins will face the scary side of Cox in six-week time. Washington new boy Terrell Pryor was better prior. Score, 30-17 to to the Eagles. Score, 51%. Panthers at 49ers, starring K1 Short, Trey Turner, Jaquiski Tart, and Jonathan Stewart. A white running back. Yes, a white running back. Opened up the offense for the Panthers. They laid a comprehensive smackdown on the 49ers at the Hipster Gene Stadium in Santa Clara. Cam Newton showed a little bit of rust as Jaquiski Tart cooked up a delicious interception. The Panthers' hog mollies delivered blow after blow to the 49ers as all Hoya everything was nearly an all Hoya nothing as Robbie always believe in that's gold produce their only points panthers win 23 to 3 score 46% seattle seahawks at green bay packers starring aaron rodgers mike daniels nick perry and earl thomas 
It was a lonely walk down the lane for Jeremy, who was ejected from the game for what was a clear-as-day uppercut on Jordy Nelson. Nelson recovered from the clear signs of that devastating blow to deliver the final dagger to the heart of the Legion of Boone. Fat Eddie should be able to cash in on yet another bonus check soon after, not being fed enough with too many fouls, too many mouths to feed in the Seattle backfield banquet hall. <laughs> Seahawks lose to the Packers 17 to 9. Rewatchability score 60%. New York Giants at Dallas Cowboys starring Sean Lee, Anthony Brown, Landon Collins and Carrie Underwood. The fun stops the minute Carrie Underwood stops singing. It's as if this game was lacking an entertaining, high-flying and controversial wide receiver. Chris Collins of Ethanow Markles do their best to carry it in a carry a lack a lackluster affair with the occasional nod to their bets on the under. Not even the feel good return of Jalen Smith could lift this one. Cowboys win nineteen three. Score twenty five percent. New Orleans Saints at Minnesota Vikings, starring Sam Bradford, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Drew Brees. A confidential sideline spat between a new recruit and an established head coach added some extra spice to what was already saucy revenge game. Dalvin was cooking with gas as he ran all day and eventually passed Adrian Peterson's debut rookie running back record. Sam Bradford was feeling and looking good as the Saints defense showed that time is indeed a flat circle. We digs you, Stefan. Vikings win 29-19, score 62%. Los Angeles Chargers at Denver Broncos starring Trevor Simeon, Adam Gotsis, Melvin Ingram, and Sergio Dip. A celebration of international culture unfolds at Mile High Stadium. An Aussie hog molly puts himself on the map. A man named Sergio Dip unexpectedly becomes a cultural icon while having the time of his life. And Young Ho went way off in a big spot. Mike McCoy's presence on any NFL sideline guarantees one thing. Philip Rivers down a score with seconds remaining. Chargers lose 24-21. Score 69%. All right, welcome back from the round review. Mate, so, in case you missed it, yep. week one in a nutshell. That's it. That's our, uh, that's our new uh, segment. So, yeah, instead of breaking it down and spending half half a podcast going through each one when there's plenty of news outlets that cover it immediately, yep. that you've probably already heard everything, that we're not going to be able to tell it any better except with some Aussie spin, yep. we're going to leave it to that. You're going yep. to be able to find that online as well. Yeah. So we're going to watch every single game. We're going to give you a brief synopsis every week in a fun, energetic way with a little bit of laughter, a little bit of spin, a little bit of movie analysis and Rotten Tomato style give you a, a score, which you may have heard, rewatchability score, uh, which is a percentage out of 100. Um, and then once our website goes live, we'll uh, actually have these written here. And at the end of the year, we'll be able to give you the top 10 games of the year and we'll rank them all in order every single game based on percentage um and the yep. bottom 10 games um so we're pretty harsh week one not too many thrillers uh, obviously chiefs new england a clear top game and then you know Chargers, broncos raiders titans and then vikings yeah saints probably the the leading contenders up there yeah so we're gonna watch all the games for you essentially yep. and if you know I understand a lot of these listeners are... Game Pass users. Yep. But also have busy lives. Yep. And if they can't get to all the games, they need to, they 
they want they still want to see and you know they want more than just the highlights but they they don't have the time to sit through all these games despite game pass having condensed uh the condensed option to watch the game in say half an hour and they want to know what games to watch we'll do it for you we'll rate them yep. and if you want to you know watch them in that order of um our high school exactly so you know you think giants cowboys oh that was on prime time i'll watch that bad mistake terrible Big mistake. game I would, I honestly would rather watch the Jets, Bills game, um, than than that game. So, hence the rating of twenty five percent, Buffalo twenty six percent. So just ahead, um, which is crazy, I know, but that's just the way it works. But anyway, uh, we'll get on to some more things in a sec. But I just want to ask how your body clock's doing after uh, week one. It's not well. Three a.m. Yeah, how's it adjusting? Uh, I can't watch the games and have breakfast food. At that time, and yeah, I, I can easily, yeah? yeah, I don't have breakfast food then though. Yeah. Like I, I was, I had Doritos and coffee, and it was yeah. a very weird mix, it's a weird combo. But it was, it was great. Yeah, uh, our eliminated challenge: fifteen people have been eliminated. Shout out to the guy that picked the box this week. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, we salute you, the Sergio Dip of our eliminated challenge. Um, one of the greats, man's. Uh, all right. Anything else before we uh, move on? Um, no. I think I think we've uh, I think we covered it. Alright. Talking tidbits. Alright, let's talk uh some special teamers getting paid, man. Paid. Rams signed Johnny Hacker to a two year nine point six million dollar extension through twenty twenty two. Chew. The Rams already had Hacker under contract for the next four years. So this deal gives him ten million guaranteed and control for six Years, I've just loved that the the Rams are giving their punter a ten million dollar extension where they like they didn't need to, for one, because they already had him under contract, and while they're still negotiating with Aaron Donald, that was the thing that I texted you about, very funny, and said I am like I'm all for kicker love, punter love, yeah. all that. Like I I love it. These people, these they train every it. they train every day, and he's yeah. been you know as consistent as a punter can yeah. get. He deserves to get paid, but you've got. The Rams, who have arguably the best defensive talent on their team, uh, Donald and JJ Watt probably are the standout. Yeah, yep. you'd agree. Khalil Mack up there too. But instead of locking him down and having you know this franchise guy, are they are they making heck of the franchise guy? I feel like he is the face of the Rams. <laughs> Under Fisher, he definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, don't scoff at golf though. Don't scoff heard. at that golf guy. Yeah, uh, Brandon McManus also signed a three-year extension. I do love um, him missing a field goal as uh, uh, Beth uh, Owen. I can't remember her surname. The first female to, to call an NFL game was great. Uh, I thought she did a hell of a job. She did. Um, Such enthusiasm she, as well. She jinxed like, Brandon McManus. Um, she's like, he's only missed, you know. Uh, Twice or something in his career, and as it sails to the right, I just thought the oh, curse no, of the, the commentator, the commentator curse in, in full swing. Um, mm-hmm. So they signed him as well. Uh, some other stuff: injuries. Alan Robinson on IR. Denny Woodhead out six to eight weeks. David Johnson eight to ten weeks. And Ronald Darby, who had the most vicious of all those injuries, uh, four to six weeks. His leg was facing that way. His body that. facing that I way. Honestly, don't get that. And then he has the least amount of time off out of all these. That injuries don't make sense. What about Blake Bortles um, tapping Alan Robinson on the injured knee while he's down on the ground? It's Bortlesque <laughs> all the like, time. Shoot your shots, Blake. <laughs> shoot your shots. Um, wasn't to say could talk about Zeke Elliott, but go do your own research. Yeah. Yeah, I 
I'm over that. Let, not? The, let the legal process play out. It, it looks like you'll play the whole season. It's like the deflate gate yeah. thing. Yeah. So, Tom Brady cheated. Three-point stance. All right. Three-point stance. All right. So, the three-point stance moving forward. Um, Thanks, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Um, each week, we're going to think of... what Not think of. We're going to pick out the biggest three talking points that yeah. we view as, yeah. you know, something that we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, also, happy for suggestions. If, yeah. if, if listeners really want us to discuss a certain topic and that we didn't have in mind, yep. we'll definitely touch on it. Yep. So much happened in week one, though, that we couldn't limit it to three. There was so just, there was just too each. much. Yeah. Yep. So we've gone three each. So, yeah, screw you. You didn't know the rules. Yep. Oh, well. We own it. Exactly. All right. Well, I'll start us off with my first one. And mine is, does the NFL have an offensive line issue? Uh, we saw Seattle, New York Giants, Houston, Cincinnati and, and some other teams to a degree, Indianapolis as well, all struggle to just adequately protect their quarterback for, for what seems like you know a normal standard of time. It feels like the gap between quality offensive lines and you know defensive lines is is huge, and I feel like defensing defenses get a massive advantage, I think, in terms of the line play over offensive lines. But in saying that, it is a passing league and a lot of the receivers get the advantage over the DBs. So a lot of people think that just evens it out. But it's hard to watch a lot of these offenses flourish when they're constantly just under duress the entire time. And since in Houston specifically come to mind, and then the Giants to a degree, like Dallas aren't renowned for being strong pass rush given the suspensions that they have and things like that. But Eli was under pressure a lot. And so was Russell Wilson. So all four of those teams really struggled and it's hard to get into rhythm as a quarterback when you're just constantly getting hit. Yeah. Looking across the league, I'm not sure there are teams with clear offensive line issues and I think you address them. I think they are the biggest um that those teams do have the biggest issue at offensive line as yep. a main point of concern. But across the NFL that each team has its has its one point that you would say is their weak unit generally. Yeah. You don't have, there are some teams that you just think, all right, you're average across the board, but generally those teams don't excel. Like the good teams always have one spot where they are weak, but try to compensate for it. There is the, like the notion that offensive line is the easiest position to teach or to coach and to, you know, become better at it. So these generally, when you look at these though, Seattle and Giants are good teams. But bad, offen- yeah, yeah, clear flawed offensive line. So as the season goes along, do they get better on the offensive line? If this is a unit that can be coached um, to be better, possibly. Houston and Cincy both have like the potential to depend. Depend. It's depending on Deshaun Watson. But if Deshaun Watson starts firing, Cincy has an offense that if it had a strong offensive line would be terrific. It would just be yeah. It would be enough to help at least. Yeah. adequately support their defense as yeah. well. Because at the moment, it's terrible. Yeah, so an offensive line issue, not sure, but I agree that these teams... Have massive it, It's definitely the clear floor, yeah. Saying that, you've you've got the opposite side when you when you see teams that do struggle on the with no pass rush, and that's why there's such a premium put on edge rushes. And we yep. saw, like, we saw last year that Dallas Cowboys look good, but their defensive pressure, um, their front, was just lacking and yep. that was such a problem and it's 
you know, can go by th- both ways in the trenches, definitely. Yeah, and I, I think as well, and I remember when we've had Luke Charles on and he plays offensive line for his local team and he's a big advocate of researching and studying offensive lines. Talks about sort of uh, longevity and, and just getting a connection with your players and he says that offensive lines struggle early, but once they start playing next to each other, um, getting that con- like continued play next to your buddy in the trenches, it'll improve... Uh, as the season goes on, so and you look at sorry, and you look at these lines. Yeah, a lot of new faces, a lot of new, new faces. Places. So hopefully it can improve, but it's a it's a massive problem, especially um, for these four teams. It's a it's a big Achilles heel. Like since he offensive DVOA is worse than the Colts right now. That's just because Andy Dalton just couldn't get anything going against Terrell Suggs and and Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams. It was just insane. Yeah. All right. All right. My first point that I want to bring up. Odell Beckham Jr.'s value after week one. So there was a lot of talk about contract extension and things in the offseason and going into week one, obviously OBJ tried to run it off or tried to test out um, the injury prior to the game, but, you know, said he wasn't good and therefore didn't play. Yep. It's not worth the risk. Not worth the risk, but at the same time, yes, we did say that the offensive line of the Giants was bad. But my gosh, do they miss OBJ at the moment. And we we don't know how much of it is down to OBJ and the offensive line, but the Giants aren't going... That also works in OBJ's favour yep. because they don't know how well they would have played without with, with a good offensive line. Yep. So, you know, it could be the offensive line, if the offensive line was good, they would have been able to hit Sterling Shepard, hit Brandon Marshall more and things like that. But they don't know. So... His value at the moment has never been higher. Yeah. Do you know what his cap hit right now is? What? $3.3 million. That's it. When he gets paid, he'll go to number one like that. Yeah, among receivers. Yeah. 100%. Um, It's crazy. Saying that, though, Giants as a whole, I thought going into week one that it was going to be a really close game. Yep. Obviously, was including um, Beckham's involvement. And he just opens the field up for everyone because you... You either have to double him or you have to at least have some safety help for him. And it allows someone like Sterling Shepard to be your third receiver and opens the game up. And then Evan Ingram's your fourth target. It's It allows him to flourish. Brennan Marshall's face is on like a milk carton right now. He was he went missing. Like he reminds me of Andre Johnson at the Colts. Yeah. And we were just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until he got a reception. And it was the last reception of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, he did. He went missing, and that's the kind of impact the defense, the defenses are going to know where the ball's going to yep. is going to go. Ingram wasn't used as much as I thought he was going to be. First game, I feel like it's hard to put a lot of expectation on him. I'm not so yeah. much saying him. No, no, I'm I saying agree. their usage of him. Yeah, it was weird, but maybe they were just trying to ease him into it a little bit. But yeah. it was a weird game. I, I don't want to throw Eli under the bus yet because I want to see them with OBJ because he's rejuvenated Eli's career to a degree. That's how good he is you're right his value is he, he probably is it's hard to say he's the best wide receiver in the league because antonio brown keeps doing what antonio brown mm-hmm. does and julio jones is an alien but i do think obj is probably the most valuable wide receiver in the league in terms of what he brings to his team yeah um just just given the circumstances of of the team around him rather than you know Antonio Brown. If you take him out, you still got Le'Veon Bell and things like that. And if Julio's out, you still got these amazing running backs. But without OBJ, the Giants are nothing. They really aren't. It's, it is crazy. So this brings me to another thing. So 
all depending on your um, opinion on how far you think the Giants will go. Especially this season, I think they've got a really good team. If their offensive line gels and um, OBJ comes back from week two onwards, their team is good. Their team is really good. But say someone gets injured and the you know or you don't think the team does look as good. Does OB what? I I'm not saying that I'm an advocate of it. But mid-season holdouts and things like that, if pe- people aren't played, could seriously become a thing. Could be. I, I'm more worried about whether OBJ stays a giant after his contract's up. Or do you think he won't play next year until he gets a new deal? Because I next year he's only getting $8 million. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's a fifth-year option next year, but yeah, they don't have to take that up. Of course. All right, the, the, the last thing. You touched on the offensive line, so it's not all OBJ. Yep. So... Cowboys got three sacks against the Giants. Yep. Right? How many... So, yeah, three three, three sacks total. How many blitz times did they blitz the Giants? Uh, in the entire game? In the entire they game. They had three sacks. Mm-hmm. I'll go with eight times. Three. Three. So, every time they blitz, they got a sack. So, that's the average. One a blitz. Yeah. So... The rest were just four-man rushes. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So if that's the kind of you know, just the Turn offensive stops. line wasn't there. Yeah. So that's that's just as worrying as the OBG OBJ yep. absence. Wow. Okay. Huge. All right. Uh, I'm moving on to my second topic, and that is uh, is the Cardinals' window now closed? With the uh, wow, bit of an overreaction from you. <laughs> um, you know, given now David Johnson's out for ten to twelve weeks, uh, he he was their offense. No no disrespect to Larry Fitzgerald and, and John Brown; they're great players. Um, but Carson Palmer relied heavily on David Johnson. He offered so much on the ground and through the air. Um, their offense was funneled through him. He you know was an MVP candidate last year, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Now with him gone, Carson Palmer looked very vulnerable, very old, um, looked very sort of early season Palmer last year. Do you think their window is now closed? And, and where to, From I know it's only week one and we should settle down and, and we'll touch on overreactions in your third topic, but I, I'm i just struggling to see where the Cardinals are going to be able to score points and keep up in games and, and, and somehow make a playoff run without David Johnson. I didn't see them as a contender. I saw them as a solid team that if they came up against a truly good team, a great team, they would struggle and they wouldn't be efficient. And that was assuming that Carson Palmer did come back and look good. And that was always a question mark. That was always an if. He has an early, his earliest schedule was good, but he looked really, really bad and poor and awful and Gross in week one. As many bad adjectives as you can say. No need to throw his appearance under the bus. I know. He's but... just... <laughs> no, he's... Oh, he's a performance. Yeah. Not great. And to have the ultimate safety blanket, safety net in David Johnson, just being able to dump it yeah. off to him and him to make plays, already kind of inflated his stats and things. Yeah. And he wasn't very good to begin with. Mm. So, I think... The defense was already on the down. I, I, they do have some elite pieces. They've got elite Hassan pieces. Hassan Reddick looked good. The, the, one, the first round pick. They've got some yeah. good pieces. Peterson. But as yeah, but uh, overall, there's there's monst- monstrous gaps. It's not that it's not that uh, season where it's not the all or nothing season, pretty much. Yep. And 
now without their best player, yep. Arian jo- uh, Arian Jones nearly just wow, wow, interesting. Bruce Arians Who's said Arian Jones. Is that even a real person? <laughs> Sounds like a player I'd make up in Madden. Sounds like a Bruce Arians anyway. Sons of Anarchy character or something. He said that he only had one one good wide receiver, didn't he? Or two, two quality receivers on the team. Yeah, and that that harsh. even that's a stretch. It, it, their offense is just patchy, I think is the right word. So Palmer was, uh, you know, 18 of his dropbacks, he had pressure on them. And he had 20.1 passer rating Hang on them. You Sorry, you say it's patchy, right? Yeah. So who's their second wide receiver? John John Brown? Yeah. Who's, who's a sh- at the moment, a shell of himself because of his... Um, the injuries last yeah. year. He, he's he's still finding his... He's also out. dealing with... Uh, Some back issues. Uh what is it? It's like the sickle cell stuff. Sickle cell, that's it. Yep. So he's dealing with that, and he's not himself. He's not the player that he was, say, three years removed. Yeah. So, kind of just remove him at the moment because he's not a full health. Their second wide receiver is JJ Nelson, yeah? Yep. So JJ Nelson... He's a fine player, but... So, yeah, that's that's that, that's wide receiver two. Yep. Where would he fit in, say, the Giants? Oh. Depends on Brandon Marshall. I don't Would he be their fifth receiving option? Probably. Think about it. Yeah, probably. So you can't say they got they're just patchy. They're massive holes. Yeah. Oh, they're, that's what I mean. But I'm saying they've got pieces, but there's patches where they've got nothing. And their their tackle situation at the moment. DJ Humphreys is injured as well. He's out for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, they had John Wetzel playing left tackle. He was terrible. That's a real name, John Wetzel. Hmm. It's not a proprietor or a pretzel company. It's a real human. I wanted to make a pretzel joke, but you made it. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm uh, glad you made it because yeah. it was God. What do you bad. call a wet pretzel? A wetzel. <laughs> Sorry. But um, he did. He played like a wet yeah, pretzel. He did. He was terrible. Uh, so I, I just don't. I, I just think now it's it's all over for the Cardinals, and it'll be interesting for this year anyway. It'll be interesting to see what where they go to from here with uh, with Arians and, and their roster. Obviously, they've got a young defensive core with Tyrone Matthew, Patrick Peterson, Hassan Reddick, and and those type of players. But uh, you know, obviously, quarterback and wide receiver and and the offensive line. So it will require uh, the acquisition of a quarterback or the or the drafting of a quarterback next season. But they'll still win enough games that they'll be picking in the middle of the draft. You know, if they can make do without Johnson for a while, they could stay in the mix. But just can't see them. This was supposed to be their last hurrah. This is know? where the Mahomes thing, yeah, that link was very, very heavy and would have been good. So, but to answer your question, closed, closed, well and truly, I think. All right, what's your uh, next topic, man? All right, uh, the Colts. Oh boy, are you trying to punish me? Cue some sad music. <clears throat> you trying to punish me? As a whole organization, where do they go? Uh, all right, all right, all right. We're in agreement that Pagano is Pagano is bad. He's got to go. Ursay, there's too much. There's just I don't know. There's just too much blind loyalty to Pagano. I think I don't want I don't want to dwell on this too long. But Chuck Strong, oh, me neither. We can move right on. Stopped. Chuck Strong was like that was a big thing, that right? Was cool. That was a it was it was cool. But I mean, the Colts are far removed from that whole that era at the moment, right? Yep. And I think there's just a bit of yeah, this sentimental kind of loyalty to Pagano, and they've just kind of tear off the band aid and go. So where do they go? Okay, 
I'm going to ask you a quick question first before mm-hmm. I answer that. How many years do you think Pagano's been coaching the Colts? The Colts? Yeah. Six. Yeah, we're in year six now of this guy. Year six. That was pretty good though, right? Like, yeah, well done. So, you know, Chuck, St- Chuck Strong is was like 2012. So, like, we're four years removed from this. There's no awkwardness in getting rid of the guy. Yeah. Where do we go to? You can understand here? it if it was the season after. You can understand that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's been, was it Grigson? No. Yeah. So it's a it was a joint problem. Oh, it's a massive. It, you know, and Rob Ryan was on Fox yesterday and was defending Pagano and and threw Ryan Grigson under the bus. But some of those picks Grigson pick were Pagano wanted, like defensive players. T.J. Green was a guy Pagano wanted because he thought he could coach him. Our defense has never been worse. And Pagano's a defensive guy. TJ Green, who I was a fan of last year, yeah, he had the worst safety performance of anyone I saw oh, in week just, one. Just terrible. And with every loss, um, I think Colts fans are starting a a hashtag at the moment: Tolzian for for Tube. So every time we start Scott Tolzian, it's another loss closer to Dave Tube, the special teams coach from Kansas City, who we which is. So that's this who you is, want? This is where we're at as a franchise. The Wanting are, the a special, special teams coordinator. Um, we're feeling the, the John Harbo-like connection where he went from a special teams to a head coach. There's an obvious connection with Chris Ballard. Um, and Dave Tube was getting head coaching interviews from various places all right, last all right, off season. Right. Okay. I, I would love Jim Harville at the end of the year. Of I course. could settle Pagano. I could settle with chopping wood cliches for the next 15 weeks if uh, there's a... Jim Harbour, uh, side, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. Um, you know, I, I could stand out the front of Jim's house with a with a with a boombox for the next fifteen weeks. Hey, I will support that yeah, if that's I what would, you want to do. Could you imagine that as like a as a, an article, like Australian Colts fan stands out in front of Jim <laughs> Harbour's house for fifteen straight weeks? Man, it's something you'd do. Yeah. Um. Okay. So a couple of questions. Yep. Andrew Luck, do you sit him for the year? I think, I think we don't because it, then it looks far too obvious that we're just tanking it, right? I feel like we need to bring him back for, but we need to take our time with it. I feel like another three or four weeks, get him back in, get him into rhythm, just see how the arm holds up, how he's going, and then if we're still too far behind, you could just, you could just rest him and put him on IR after that with some sort of other injury. I know that sounds really wicked, but. That could be the plan, but if if he is honestly not ready and he can't trust his arm and he's and he's worried about it, I I, I think mentally like there's too many scars there. If you bring you bring him back and he's seeing he doesn't trust his arm. All right, at all. All right. What about so say say week seven yep. is the the week that he comes back and he's had a couple of weeks say training under his belt. Yeah, he needs a few weeks at least. Yeah, practice. And the and the uh, the Colts are five hundred. You can't be 500 after week seven. When's their buy? Maybe. It might work out. Say their buy. <laughs> say they're 500, right? What do you do? That's Oh, well, then you play him. If he's Luck fine. wants to play. If he's fine, then you play him. Look, if if there's still a chance that we can make it as a wild card or, or hold on, then absolutely you play him. But I don't see us being anywhere close to three or four wins by week seven. We play Seattle and Arizona and the Titans. Like All right. It's hard. Like, Say they're two and five. Yep. And Luck's ready to come back, right? Yep. Obviously, there's still going to be questions about his health. Yep. Do 
I, to be honest, I would redshirt him. Yeah. I, look, I'm I'm not opposed either way. You've like, got you've got the other side where you've just gotten Brissett, right? Yep. You say Brissett, Brissett comes in, and by season's end, if you sit luck, starts yep. playing well. Yep. You've got like kind of a Garoppolo situation where you've got this backup that could be a trading chip. Yep. So or you it, at least have a competent backup for yep. once. Yep. And then your team wouldn't have got your team. Probably, if even if Brissett plays well, the talent, especially on the defensive side, is lacking enough that you'd still be picking top ten. Yep. A top ten package with you know Brissett or something. Yep. Like that's a lot of trade value. Yeah, You've got a look, lot of the sh- stuff for the draft. The shining light is that a lot of Chris Ballard's picks from this year, uh, like some of our best players already. Like Marlon Mack looks legit. Quincy Wilson in patches, he's just had a few niggling injuries, but he's looked. Really good. Malik Hooker looks looks good. Terrell Basham's had some moments as well. So like, our general managers pick good. So I don't really care where we end up picking the draft. I just know that Ballard's going to make the right choices. I think it's going to be a massive upgrade. So I do think a Ballard tube combo going forward would be great. But G- Jim Ursay is the massive issue here. He he can't hand over power to anyone else. He he is an egomaniac, and he's he's got some clear like trust issues with with his franchise, and it's very, very frustrating. Um, if you want to go back to my Twitter feed, I posted about eight or nine photos in a row of just Jim Ursay photos. Cause yeah, I turned Twitter the, off during that yeah, time. He's the ultimate evil. I, I know you were you were having like a an eating ice cream yeah. cults moment. I've got one more. Oh, my God. One I last question. I don't want to spend too long on this. Now, fill out a 20 No, 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 because I, I, I honestly want your opinion, right? So, do you think Andrew Luck is injury prone? No. He's not injury prone yet? No. He's just had one injury. It's just been a shoulder the but whole time. Is that time. niggling? Or mm. is it just, is that a problem now? I think it is a problem now. Whether it's a problem this time next year, who knows? I've, I don't know. I've got, I've got a law degree and I don't know anything about the law. I don't have a medical degree, so I've got zero clue about injuries. All right. But yeah, look, I can, if people want to call him injury prone, then that's, that, like, I'm not going to interject. All right. Yeah. Cause it's very, I, I was watching Sam Bradford and I was like, the amount of hype and but see, like he's people, been, he's been injured for a few years, and now he's like he's bought. Like, no, I know, yeah. and people were just convinced that yeah. he was the next greatest thing. He was the number one pick, yep. and you know, his first season with the Rams, he played well, yeah, and people did. thought this is the guy. Yeah. Injury, injury, injury. Yep. Similar, similar thing to Luck at the moment, and yep. you don't know whether Luck comes back gets hurt, and Luck gets back comes hurt. There's always going to be that feeling that, you know, luck could be the next big thing. Yep. Like still, Aaron Rodgers type big thing. Yeah. There's still plenty of time. In, oh, I agree. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not fighting yeah. against I know, it. I, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just adding extra. Like, like Sam Bradford's still at 29. Like, yeah. But luck like been... seems to be like following like a very same storyline. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Carry a franchise in your, in your rookie year and then have a few niggling injuries. And Is it his throwing shoulder, by the way? Yeah. That's if it's the, that's yeah. the issue. That's fair yeah, enough. Clearly. Say say it's not say he can't throw the ball as deep though, right? Yeah. He also would then nearly be like Sam Bradford, not be able to throw it deep. And he would also be like other first round pick, Alex Smith, and then okay. who are the All best right. who were the best two performing quarterbacks in week one? Alex Smith and Sam Bradford. Bloody and hell. Jacoby Brissett. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, because I don't want to spend too much time, but here's twenty five to I feel like I was on millionaire hot seat. No all right, my third topic is just... I just want to talk about this offensive Rookie of the Year race. It's incredibly lit. Uh, 
It is. It's you so, and your hip lingo. It's seriously. It's it's a, lit. It is amazing though. Kareem Hunt, obviously huge, like huge monster game week one. He's in line for a, a heavy amount of touches and feature back role. Christian McCaffrey, while not finding the end zone and not looking as smooth, you could see that he opened up that playbook for for the Panthers and and he's going to have a, a heavy role for them this year. Dalvin Cook looked really good. Adrian Who, Vikings fans are asking right now. Tariq Cohen looks saucy. Deshaun Kaiser was was fantastic. Uh, Corey Davis looked great. Uh, Kenny Golladay. Like, there's just so many offensive rookies at the moment. And I know it's only week one. A lot of these guys played well in the preseason and it's carried carried through. We haven't had Mitchell Trubisky on the field yet either. Um, Deshaun Watson looks like he's going to start Thursday Night Football. Like, it's just an, an amazing offensive rookie of the year race. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm enjoying it. It's going to be one of the, like, hotly contested topics by year's end, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I know I'm bringing back this back to fantasy, but when, when drafting your fantasy lineup at the start of the season, there's so many question marks about who's going to be, who's going to have a big role, who's going to perform, who's going to just not bust, but just underperform to their the expectations. Yep. All these players went off. Yeah, and I forgot Leonard Fournette too, oh. who carried a, a Jags team. Yeah. And <laughs> that is exactly what you need to do if you're the Jags. You pound and pound and pound the ball, and if Bortles doesn't have it, you've got a really good shot of winning, winning a game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're using these rookies correctly. I I know there was a lot of hype about McCaffrey. I, to be honest, I didn't really like. It. The whole McCaffrey thing. Watching them against the 49ers, they... I think it's a work in progress. Oh, I, yeah. I agree that, yes, they should get him the ball. He's opening up everything. Yep. But sometimes, while he's opening up everything, Cam has tunnel vision and just wants to get him the ball yeah, now. He, he... And he just was looking for him every time. There was a play where Greg Olsen was open wide. Wide, wide. Yeah. He had half the field to himself, and he wasn't even looked at, which yep. was bad. But the play where he overthrew Dixon, Dixon was wide open because McCaffrey the two defenders locked in on McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's great. I just, I'm excited about this rookie class. I think it's amazing. He's so. like the new Deshaun Jackson, but a running back version. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. All right, what's your last topic? All right, last last topic is just week one overreaction. So people people just absolutely blowing up. So uh, we'll, Yeah, we'll, like we'll, are the Cardinals done? What? Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's a legit thing. Yeah, all right, so it. Chiefs. They all, when, when they have time to prepare, they're... Let's, They're solid. Let's it, see it, them it, do that in January. Yeah? That's what I want. That's all, right. all I'll say. I'm still high on them, but whatever. Yeah, okay. Patriots. Oh, mate. Oh, and 16. Oh, and 16. Wow. We, we we were saying it. We just had it around the wrong way. We we're dyslexic about it. Yeah. 16 and 0. We meant all right. 16, guys. Tom Brady just bounced back. Is that it? Oh, they'll just they'll be fine. They'll be fine? There's no way they're going to ask Tom Brady to throw it deep like 30 times a game like they did last time. All right. Gronk. He'll go back to Gronk. his short little slants and dump offs and he'll be fine. Gronk looked a bit off. Oh, they'll just rewire him, put some fresh oil in. All right, all right, all right. So wires all in on the pads. Oh, they'll be fine. The Steelers. <laughs> I sound di- like a Pats fan. The Steelers. The Steelers. All their weapons back. Is that just rust? Yeah. So I tweeted, "We're going to talk about the Steelers' defense, uh, offense, and then second half, they're just fine." I, honestly, I thought the first half they it was like a preseason game. When when I went back and watched it, they they were like just in in third gear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Clicked it on. Yeah. Um. That'll be fine. Uh, the Jags legit? Yeah. Now, this is the, the overreaction I like, and we touched on this in the punt return uh, p- 
podcast. Please check that out. Uh, Woot and Why show the punt return. Uh, <laughs> you were just going to make up a, yeah, an imaginary web link. I was. Uh, slash the punt Woot return. Slash punt returns. Slash episode two. Slash My Little Pony. Slash Neopets. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I want to see it again against a, a better team. All right. Because we were correct on Houston being trash. Mm-hmm. Are the Raiders legit? Are the Raiders for real? Are they for real? Uh, we may have undervalued them a little bit. I want to see them again. Just, you know, comprehensively smack the Jets that, like what they should be doing. Good teams beat bad teams by mm-hmm. good margins. Okay. Looking at some of these other matchups, I think people's expectations and uh, feelings about the Eagles and Redskins seem appropriate right now. Uh, yep. th- are the Bengals putrid? No, I, I honestly... That's a matchup. Again, we talked about the offensive line. I, I really rate the Ravens' defense. Like we've, I've talked to them. I think they're a top five defense in the NFL. They just came. It was, it was just coming up against a buzzsaw in week one. So I do think the Ravens will improve. Uh, the Bengals will improve, but I do think that that offensive line is this huge, huge flaw. All right. Only I'm gonna say I'm gonna do three more. All right. I'll one. I'm just gonna merge into the one game. Okay. Falcons. Are they going? Are they are they regressing? No. And are the Bears legitimately not horrible as we all want want them to be? Pretty much. I think the I, I do think the Bears are not going to win uh, too many games, but I feel like they're going to be a tough beat. They're going to be tough out for a lot of teams. Bloody John Fox! Yeah. It's just his teams, right? He, he can only take a team to a certain level, and then you need to get rid of him to just get them over the next <laughs> plateau. You just need to, to get him to the summit. He's He's the rest point at Everest. You just need someone else to, to get you to the, right. to the flag planning. And the Falcon, they'll be fine. Is Jared Goff the best quarterback oh, in the NFL? Yeah, put him in Canton. Done. He no, he actually looked good. And he I'm, looked I'm happy good. for him. Like He actually gets a, a chance to succeed as a player. And an right. offense that wants yeah. to play offense. Yep. It's good, right? Yeah. And he lo- looked he looked comfortable is what I was really... I hope I never have to hear Sean McVay speak, but good on him. <laughs> <laughs> good on him. Yeah. Okay. I got one for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, will the Chargers ever be not down in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I love that they lost by three. <laughs> I know. It's just. It's just that, right? Yeah. My, um, actually, here's an overreaction. Are the Chargers the most entertaining team in the league? Possibly. I think they are. It's great. Maybe. It's a kind of, yeah. Maybe. Although, here's one. A lot of people overreacting to the Vi- to the Vikings. Do you, do we think Sam Bradford's, and I know you're a Bradford fan, but is he actually always going to, not always going to be that great, but is this the Sam Bradford we can expect for the rest of the season, or was it just a byproduct of playing a trashy Saints defense? I think I'm, I really, I don't want to be that guy that sits on the fence, but yeah. I really do think that it's a combination of full off-season as Bradford starting quarterback. Yeah. Like, with Cook, yeah, last year was he got traded like a week yeah. before the season. With so. Cook, yeah, with his new coordinator that he's had many, many times, and against this Vikings, yeah. I mean, sorry, against this Saints defense. This isn't an overreaction either, but Stephon Diggs is a wide receiver, an elite wide receiver in the NFL, and Adam Thielen is really good. Like he's yep. so underrated, and I hate saying he's like Jordy Nelson because I don't like pairing the white wide receiver with a white wide receiver. But he gives, gives me those vibes where he makes those over-the-shoulder catches. 
but can also play in the slot and do things on the inside as well. He He's so good. So I like this Vikings team. I do too, and I think Bradford's going to be in store for a good year. All right, uh, let's move on. Super Bowl picks. We were going to Disneyland. Oh, yay. <laughs> What's your updated Super Bowl pick? All right, um, not buying into any of the hype yet. Uh, no overreactions? No overreactions. I am going to go with... Uh, my representative from the AFC will be the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think are cool, clearly... Cool, cool. Yeah, they've set themselves apart. That is correct. And they're going to go up against the NFL's best quarterback in that Jared Goff. Correct. And his team of Californian... Rams. Rams. <laughs> that was... Bizarre. Thank you. All right. So Jaguars Rams is your updated Super Bowl pick. Yeah, I, I, I'm, to be honest, I'm really comfortable with it. Okay. I'm really comfortable with mine. Uh, mine's the revenge of the game managers. Um, Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, Super Bowl, um, get saucy fans. Uh, credit to John Gonzalez who tweeted that out. I thought that was worthy of mentioning. Um, I thought it was great for our, for our new segment. Nice. A, a highly original segment called Super Bowl Peace. <laughs> yep. In all, in all seriousness, mine hasn't changed since week one. I'm going to lock in Bradford. All right, then. The Bradford Smith ball. Good stuff. All right, let's uh, finish this show up with uh, some... Three, snap, this. All right, let's look ahead to week two now. Full slate of games. No uh, no hurricanes in sight. Let's speed through this now as we uh, border in on the hour. Houston Texans, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this is, you know, two years removed from this being a playoff game on Thursday Night Football primetime. Uh fun game, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Over, under, like, three touchdowns scored in this game. I think I'd be... I think I'm under the total, whatever it is. I don't even care. It's 12. I'm under. Last game, I think, was, like, 10-6. I was, I was saying to you earlier today, and then it was... There was a 12-10 game and a 10-6 game in the last two meetings. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the Bengals, though. I feel like... Uh, they're just going to be a better team, although it's tough for them. Second week in a row, they're going to face a pretty great uh, front seven with that uh, offensive line, but I can just see them. Um, I just can't see the Texans scoring points. I think I know. It's going to be, I don't know, going back to Cincinnati is a bit different. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like Deshaun Watson's first game having to be on the road either. Good mm-hmm. job. Good job, uh, Bill. Bill. All right, moving on. Knucklehead. Arizona Cardinals at Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we know what the Colts are. The question is who's starting for them at quarterback. I don't think it matters to the result of the game. But if Brissett is starting, I feel like it'll be a much closer affair than I think people will realize. Uh, the Cardinals, it'll be interesting to see how they are without David Johnson and DJ Humphreys. Wetzel playing tackle for them, uh, <laughs> which... Uh, Bodes well for the young pass rushers in the Colts. John Simon looks good for the Colts. Good acquisition by Chris Ballard. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I think the Cardinals will be that? too strong. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Good. And, um, yeah, Colts start 0-2. I agree. I think they should be starting Brissett. I don't think... I think... Uh, oh, I've, already, I've already gone blank on his name. That's probably a good thing. Scott Tolzian? Tolzian. Sorry, I had uh, had Thielen still in my... <laughs> in You're feeling my, good, aren't you, buddy? Feeling good about that. Um... Yeah, Tolzien should not be quarterback again unless something catastrophic happens to Brissett, which I don't wish upon him, obviously. Uh, Colts just have nothing at the moment. I think they're going to be demoralized going into this game. Brissett will give them a sense of um, optimism, but after Cardinals, 
like it's just suffocate their offense. I feel there's not going to be they're they're going to be the defense will be on the field for a very long time. I think. Yep. Uh, all right, the Buffalo Bills at Carolina Panthers. Little sneaky uh, Brent, uh, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott revenge game, traveling to their old home in the Panthers with uh, with their new team, the Bills. Uh, a little bit of Tyrod Taylor versus Cam Newton. A little bit of running back, running quarterback action. Sorry, uh, I think Carolina will be far too strong. But I feel like McDermott knows this offense well and how the Panthers operate, so he could keep things a little bit saucy, a little bit interesting early in this game. You know, Buffalo's front. Front seven and pass rush is pretty good, so they can generate some pressure, but I think the Panthers will be too strong. Me too. The Yes, Buffalo got off to um, a good start. Yes, they're leading the AFC East. Never thought I'd say that. Yep. But this is this Panthers team at first home game with McCaffrey, with the whole with the whole shebang ready to go, I think I think Cam Newton. This is when we finally see a smile on Cam Newton's face. L- last week he didn't look happy. He looked upset. Well, he's, he looked... smiled after the hit when he, got, right, he right. was laying he, down as I a know. bit of a joke. But yeah. as a joke though. Yeah. Uh he didn't he didn't he really didn't look like himself. It was I don't know. Yep. Unsettling. Was it was a little bit, but I think they'll get into a rhythm. it is just I think them working things out with McCaffrey and, and the new and the new pieces that they have. All right, moving on, the Chicago Bears on the road now. Travel to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's first game of the year. We finally get to see, you know, this Hard Knocks team uh, playing, uh, in a, you know, meaningful NFL football after a, an exciting season of Hard Knocks. Jameis Winston and this, this high-powered offense against this sneaky, underrated and overlooked Bears uh, defense. I think at home, though, if this was in Chicago, I'd tip the Bears. I feel Me like, too. Yeah, but I feel Which like is weird, right? home field advantage after Hurricane Irma and all of that. I know we fell for that last week with Houston, but I just can't see Jameis Winston doing the, the same thing. And I, I like uh, Mike Evans to have a big game and, and Jameis Winston to, to lead them to victory. A very, very well-rested Tampa Bay Buccaneers yep. going into this They're gonna game. They're going to have to be now 16 straight games. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to... Uh, you're also on the Bucks. I, I am, yes. Uh, Cleveland Browns at Baltimore Ravens. We don't have to spend too much on this one, but another... Back-to-back division game for for this division. Uh, look, the Browns were uh, admirable in defeat last week and showed something, and, and at least a, a very watchable team, a very fun team yeah. to watch. The Ravens, look, Flacco looked okay. Uh, you know, he'll only get better. You know, another year removed from that that knee injury. Um, but I, I feel like the Ravens uh, should comprehensively win this game. They're, they're the front seven and the defense is just too good. Yeah. I... I think the Browns will keep it closer than I think a lot of people are expecting. I think people are also then at the same time falling in love with them, thinking that they're going to be a bit more competitive than they actually are. Yes, week one, they were competitive and they kept it closer than I think a lot of people thought they could possibly keep um, in touch with the Steelers. But I don't know. Kaiser was surprising to me. He, he he did perform better than I thought he was going to. I like how Cleveland have given him this very expensive yet great offensive line for him to, um, you know, acclimatize to the NFL behind. So I yep. I admire their approach to uh, their rebuilding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, both on the Ravens here. Finally, we get a game where we've split the Vikings traveling to the Steelers. You've gone with the home team, Woot. I have. Big Ben and the... He's the full the full gang is back. Two years removed from uh, Martavius Bryant, Bell, Brown, Big Ben, all the bees are back, 
And then Jesse James has to Jesse go and James. ruin it. <laughs> but that's JJ. So JJ and the Bees. That's uh, there. like a really great swing swing band. That's it. <laughs> anyway, the uh, yeah, I like the Steelers. Their first home game. They're going to be fired up to go against this defense. We'll we'll see. We'll see if Martavius Bryant is the Martavius Bryant that we remember. Yeah, not many snaps. I think no. I think they're just easing him back. As I said, they treated it kind of like a preseason game, um, but you can't do that against the Vikings. So they need to be all out here because the Vikings can, as we saw, can really turn things on a on a whim there and, and just get out to a comprehensive lead. Man, I love watching Mike Zimmer's defense. Though. Just these Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Daniil Hunter, Linval Joseph. They just Harrison Smith. They just so many stars, and they re-sign them all, and they're all happy. They're all hungry. Um, I, I think they can go into Pittsburgh and win this game, and I really, I, I think they're a good chance. So, going to take an upset here for the Vikings. All right, I'm going Pittsburgh. Uh, Patriots at Saints. What a way, what a what a matchup for Tom Brady and this offense to get things back, uh, back into rhythm and routine against the Saints defense that is, you know, shown to be just awful. They really are the new Rams, the Saints. Yeah. Don't you reckon? The more like people talk about them in the off season, the more they stay the same. It's just. No, no. Thing. All right, I agree with that. I thought you meant they they've got no offense. Oh, they're no. all doing. <laughs> in terms of the Rams being just seven and nine, they're nearly the off the opposite play style, but the same in yeah. yeah. So their offense is carrying them, but their defense just can't handle it. So very similar, uh, very opposite to the Rams, but yielding similar results. Um, yeah, the Pats, it's we're easy. both on the Patriots. This is a perfect They'll bounce back game. If they lose this game, cause for concern, especially on defense. If they lose in a shootout and they haven't fixed their defense. That's a worry. They need to get that right. Um, they need another pass rusher. Hightower is going to be questionable. I, a big absentee if he's not there. That could definitely... That's that's their biggest loss on defense. Yeah, so I'm not sure whether he is going to be playing or not. He's questionable. Uh, oh, no, here we go. Isn't serious. He isn't seriously injured. He's not expected to miss much time. So All it's right. just a minor... MCL sprain. They've had plenty of time to prepare for Thank this. You, baby Jesus. By the way, Coney Ely played well for the Jets. So <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, all right, moving on. I think on. anyone, yeah. you know, that's played a season in the NFL could. Yep. Anyway, all right. all right, Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Kansas City. I'm excited about this game. I am too, for a multitude of reasons. Yep. Not. Well, A, I want to see if the Chiefs can back it up. Mm-hmm. B, I want to see more consistency from Carson Wentz because he had some really wow plays in the mm-hmm. pocket, including that touchdown to Nelson Aguilar, which was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I want to just see a little bit more consistency from him. But, again, these teams are built similarly in terms of they've built well in the trenches and can get to the quarterback and protect the quarterback. So I feel like it's gonna we're talking about all these quarterbacks and things and Tyreek Hill and, and stuff like that, but it'll come down to these... These trench warfare. I think. Yeah, and so it's Kansas City Chiefs' previous coordinator going up against the Kansas City Chiefs with uh, Doug Peterson. Yep. Will the apprentice beat the master? Oh, young grasshopper! Oh, young grasshopper! Both on the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> only because uh, oh, to, Arrowhead. Uh, there's there's actually there's a few reasons. So we've got Arrowhead. We've got that. Uh, Chiefs played last Thursday, so they've had all that time and. Andy Reid, when given time to prepare, generally figures out all the little, uh, you know, little tidbits. Yep. If you like, and I think I think they'll be well prepped. Yep. All right. Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Uh, I, I want to see, you know, are the Jaguars for real? Again, like that sounds like a silly question, but if they, beat the, if they beat the Titans and the Titans offense and, and, and hold them in check, that's going to be something to watch. If Clay Campbell can have four sacks against the Titans, that then I take notice of the Jags. All right, um, I'm not buying the hype. What about you? I'm not buying it. I'm taking the Titans. I think I think they'll win. Uh, it's actually a sneaky, interesting game from that regard in terms of this Jaguars defense and this Titans offense. Yeah, uh, I think I think all week two games seem to be enticing or interesting because of what we see in week yep. one. So. Uh, all right, moving on, the Miami Dolphins, their first game of the season, traveling across the country to the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers' first game in their brand new little thirty thousand seat stadium, the StubHub Center. I want to see the atmosphere, whether they can sell that out and how they'll go there. I like the Chargers, uh, even off a short week and a devastating loss. I think they can get it done. Rivers can tear apart this terrible Miami secondary. Yeah, I want to say a long week, but it's more than a long week for the Miami Dolphins. They've had a long time to prepare for this game. They're all well-rested. I think Miami is a little bit better than people are giving them credit for, and Chargers are a little bit luckier and possibly overhyped, and I'm on that overhype. I still think they're going to go well, but... I think I think they might still think that they're better than they are. And I'm not to be honest, I am a little bit confused with the Chargers now. I thought they'd be they'd put up a more professive pro <laughs> Talking to Did I stutter? Wrong one. Wow. <laughs> that was terrific. Thank you. Uh, Did I stutter? A That's more, for me to touch the a more impressive performance. Yep. By the Chargers, but they, they let us down. If anyone was falling asleep listening to this on the train, that would have woken them up. <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right, New York Jets and Oakland Raiders. Not much to say about this. The Raiders, one of the better teams in the AFC. Jets, one of the worst. Raiders, the question is, by how many points? I agree. Yep. All right, Dallas Cowboys. Marshawn, at... going home, by the way. Yep. Going home. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at the Denver Broncos. Now, this one is a little bit juicy. The, the high-powered Dallas offensive line against this... Denver Broncos. What about Aussie Adam Gotzis having a, a killer game for the, the Broncos? Yeah. Third highest rated Denver Broncos on PFF ratings from that week. Um, four run stops on only 11 snaps. That's an impressive uh, run stop percentage. Uh, That's a good ROI. He, he, against, yeah, definitely. Like, shutting down Anthony Lynn's run game was huge for them. So he really helped that team win that game. And against Zeke and this... Uh, this interior Dallas line, he's going to have his hands full, so it'll be interesting to see him go again. Um, I like the Broncos at home. You like the Broncos? Cowboys are fine, but the Giants are terrible, so I don't really know how much stock we buy into that game. I I like uh, the Cowboys one week removed from uh, the whole Zeke. Okay. The whole Zeke Put thing. it behind I... them and yeah. in full stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, 49ers now traveling to uh, Central League Field. Again, this is another huge mismatch. This, the line's like 13 and a half points. I, I just struggle to see where San Fran can score. Is this one of those, if it was being played in San Fran, would you see it as one of those trap games where you... It could be a sneaky trap game, but I just can't see not Seattle. Not at Lake. I just can't see Seattle losing too many games at home. Me, yeah. Now that I say this, they probably end up losing. So, uh, But Seattle's an easy pick here. Like, it's just... It's... This will be definitely a game for Shanahan to establish himself as like the most creative, offensive mind ever. Yeah. After putting up three points, not a great start, but you know, you've got to have faith. Just be patient. 49ers fans. That's it. Uh, Washington Redskins traveling uh, to LA to take on the Rams. How about that? Two two LA games in the one day. Woo! Juicy. Uh, What one do you pick? This is a tough game. What do you pick? You're an LA fan. 
You've just moved there from overseas, from Australia, Sydney, and you've moved to LA. What team do you follow? Uh, depends what stadium's closer. Even though they, they're going to build in the a joint. <laughs> yeah, no, but for the next two years. No, I'd go Chargers. Philly Rivers. Better logo. How long? Really? Yeah. So Chargers logo is better. Like the, I like the lightning Mate, It's nearly the most awful logo. You've got in... an emoji. My goodness. <laughs> uh, this... Oh, can we put that up? Who has a better logo, the Rams or the Chargers? We'll put that on the poll. God, if I don't win that. All right, Washington Redskins, LA Rams. This game's tough because the Redskins were really inconsistent. Such a weird team to read going into the season. Still don't know any answers coming out of that game. And then the Rams, obviously an impressive win, but how much stock do you buy into a win over the Colts? Did the Redskins really, really, really underperform and did the Rams really, really overperform? I feel like both of those are somewhere in the middle. And then that's why you have a game where so it's, it's a draw. To pick. Yeah, so, <laughs> and it's obvious we've split our picks. Yeah, I've gone the Rams. I like how comfortable Goff looked his his first home game for the season. I I, I just think there's a. I think everyone's supporting Goff. I think everyone's the offense looked like they trust him, and Gurley looked comfortable, and that's a, that's a big thing. So they, you know, if Goff struggles, he can still lean on Gurley. So I, I like that. If Aaron Donald is playing in this game, I'll probably change my pick, but I'm not sure whether the holdout will continue into whether they'll get a new deal or not, but uh, or get a new deal done or not. So we'll wait and see how that one pans out. But I, I'm going to take the Redskins. Uh, little sneaky uh, Kirk Cousins v. Sean McVay revenge game. Battle of, battle of wits here. Um, two young white guys just going at it. How good. Uh, all right, Green Bay Packers away. Atlanta Falcons playoff rematch, brand new stadium. Atlanta, you know, destroyed them last time. Green Bay's defense played a lot better last week. Um, Rollins and Randall got healthy and, and and showed more form that we saw from them in their rookie years. But Falcons defense got better as well, so they've got players back. You know, no Shanahan. We saw you know the your Shanahanistic or whatever you said in the round review whether that's going to give them some regression. But brand new stadium, it's hard to go past them winning that, right? Yeah. The crowd's going to be fired up. I know that Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, the pinnacle when it comes to professionalism. But I don't know. I don't think... I think coming off the back of a a tough grinding victory over Seattle, coming up against a team that plays a completely different style of football, that's going to be a shootout. They have an offense with good offensive weapons where Seattle seemed to be... We're going to beat you up and grind you and win by three. Mm. That's not what Falcons do. They'll no. either lose to you in a close game or they'll get or they'll blow you not away. I think. Yeah. Down. yeah. So yeah, I think that's right. All right, Detroit. So we've both gone Falcons. In yeah, that. yeah. That's I think I, I do think the stadium plays a big part. Yep. Got to pump in that noise. <laughs> uh, Detroit Lions uh, at the New York Giants. Just on the Giants quickly, did you see the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame nominated the wrong Steve Smith? I did see that come through. Yeah, so... So who did they... They it would they nominated the Steve Smith that used to play for them uh, back... It was on the Super Bowl winning team in 2009, mm-hmm. from memory. Uh, sorry, 2008, and he had a Pro Bowl appearance in 2009, but he's only had like... He had a career total of 2,641 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's it. <laughs> 
See, what if, an this interesting... was, if this was a fan vote, people would troll and he'd be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Thankfully, journalists would not select him to the Hall of Fame. But it would, if I was a voter, I would vote just purely on the laughs and the outrage and the troll. And that he gets in before Terrell Owens. Oh my god! <laughs> Could you imagine the internet? Like it would, you it would explode. Wow. Uh, but on this game, I didn't. I don't buy into the Giants at all until I can see them put it together on offense. I know no Adel Beckham, but their offensive line's a problem. I, I was never a huge Lions fan going into this game, but Matt Stafford just for some reason just keeps like getting things done. I don't know. It's so weird. He doesn't beat winning teams, and Giants aren't one at the moment, so it's a perfect sort of road upset for the Lions um, against a, a not winning team. So I'm going to take the Lions. If OBG plays... You keep saying OBG. I don't know. I'm just putting an accent on. Yeah. Right. OBJ. OBJ. Yeah. OBJ plays. I like the Giants. I think, I think they'll win quite easily, to be honest. I like them as a complete team, and I, think, I, I, I don't see how... How Dallas defended against um, uh, New York, will, it won't work considering they can't double-team Sterling Shepard. They can't double-team Brandon Marshall like that when they've got you know OBJ on the field. Yeah. All right, so we've uh, got five games different this week. Last week we went eight and seven um, picking, um, so it be interesting to see who takes a comprehensive lead uh, this week. Uh there's no chance we tie it up with five different. So someone's going to take yeah, a lead. We had four different last week and we, <laughs> split, them. we split them. So straight down the middle, Wooten Wire. There we go. All right, uh, that wraps up the show. Just a reminder for iTunes reviews, uh, please uh, head to iTunes, give us a review. Any review dated in 2017, you go in the chance to win signed NFL merchandise. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to another installment of the Wooten Y Show. Check out previous episodes at WootenY.com and on iTunes. And follow each of the boys on Twitter at ThisIsWoot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at WootenY.